Senator Tim Scott, he is the only African-American Republican in the U.S. Senate, and he has just launched what I think is a very exciting new project, and I know that many of you will want to encourage him in that endeavor. It is called the Empower America Project. Uh, Senator Scott, how would you summarize the goals of this new launch? Thank you very much, Michael, for having me back on the show. Empower America Project it's really about helping those folks in diverse communities who already have the conservative underpinnings, the belief and the conviction of the American dream, free markets and capitalism, as well as the necessity of quality education in every single zip code, getting those candidates and the communities to align themselves with the conservative movement because it's already their philosophical underpinnings. So we want to attract people who are already like-minded, but for whatever reason, they have not found a way to be congruent in their convictions as in their affiliations. So you're reaching out to black people, which is enormously important, where you're talking about 13% of the U.S. population and that same number of the electorate, reaching yeah. out to Latino people, reaching out to Asian people, uh, reaching out to uh, to Jewish people who have been underrepresented in the Republican Party. Uh, and the message of inclusion that you're trying to get, uh, how are you going to get across the idea uh, that, hey, we are not, number one, anti-Semitic, we're not anti-black, we actually want participation from minority communities? Well, the fastest way for us to come to that conclusion is to look at the policies that have been successful and effective even in just the last two years. The great opportunity from my perspective is to look at the success of the Trump administration's policies and, frankly, the role that Congress has played consistently by reinforcing that very important perspective. We've had success at lowering the African-American unemployment rate to t today around 6.2 percent, Hispanic around 4.2 percent, Asians under 2.5% with the college education. So what we've already learned is that conservative policies have led to the has led to the most important progress economically that we've seen in generations. Did, did I hear did I hear you correctly Senator Scott and Tim Scott is the junior senator from South Carolina. He uh has represented that state well, won a big resounding reelection in his most recent reelection bid. Did I hear you correctly that the Asian unemployment rate, Asian-American unemployment rate is 2.5%? With a college degree, absolutely. The Asian-Americans <laughs> have the lowest unemployment rate in the country, which only reinforces how fair our system of economics actually is compared to any place in the world. And especially when you look at some of the history of Asian-American exclusion acts, we had the Chinese exclusion acts and Japanese exclusion acts, used to be impossible for them to become citizens of the country. You, you are reinforcing the narrative that is so critically important and the narrative that's accurate, that America has continued to evolve in the right direction, and what we actually need is more of the same evolution in the minds of candidates who recognize the strength and the power of the American system. We, we are a flawed people because the world is nothing but flawed people, but our system of justice, our system of progress is unrivaled on earth, 
and we should all celebrate it. So this opportunity is the exact opposite of identity politics. It's actually that we have core philosophies, no matter what you look like, if you embrace it, you too can experience the dream called the American dream. So you could even say this is American identity politics. I like that. Right now, we were talking in the previous hour about the Democratic debate last night. Uh, did, did you watch that two hours of rollicking fun? I can't say I watched two hours of the debate, but I did watch enough of the debate to say that, to conclude that President Trump is looking better and better, <laughs> even to Democrat voters after watching that debate. Well, it's, it's again, it's a party that, that has very clearly moved way over to the left. One of the things that's striking and it's an observation I believe Chris Matthews made or somebody on the left that every single one of those candidates, every one of them is to the left of Barack Obama. And Barack Obama's looking more and more moderate in retrospect when you start listening to Elizabeth Warren and Beto O'Rourke and Cory Booker, no? No question about it. The fact that Elizabeth Warren raised her hand to eliminating all private sector health insurance the fact that they want to centralize all decision-making in Washington, D.C. We already know that six out of the ten wealthiest counties in the nation surrounds the Capitol because there's such employment explosions. It creates a haven for wealth accumulation, and anytime wealth accumulates in a nation's capital, it means the price is paid by the rest of the country. Well, and that brings me to the Supreme Court decision today. I don't know if you've read the decision yet, Senator Scott, or commented on it, but it's a very important decision written. Uh, the majority opinion was written by the Chief Justice, Chief Justice John Roberts, that that says basically, uh, no, the the Supreme Court and the courts generally are not going to determine the apportionment in given states. That is the job of state legislatures. And it seems to me for people who do not want all the power and all the money and all the decision-making to flow to Washington, D.C., this is an enormously important defense of the federalism of our constitutional system. Without question, you're 100% right. Our founding fathers knew without any question that redistricting would be a political process. It's why they placed it in the hands of the state legislatures, because they wanted process, albeit as political as it is, to predict and indicate which direction their states and their legislatures and their congressional districts should be going in. And if you're in a state like California, where we have 32 or 34 percent of the folks in California voted for President Trump, only 23 or 25% of their representatives are Republicans. And you'll see that fact throughout liberal states that the percentage that we get in those states are not reflective in the congressional representation in Congress. It's because their state's legislature redistricted to their benefit. And we want the same to be true in states like South Carolina and Kentucky. It's just the way the process is supposed to work. I'm thankful that the Supreme Court understood the 
judiciary's limitations as it relates to this issue. Thank God for Brett Kavanaugh and Neil Gorsuch that gives us the equilibrium on the Supreme Court that recognizes the role of federalism and our states in the system. Well, a- amen to that. I, um, I, I appreciate your comments. In, t- in terms of the debate last night, of course, the Democratic Party is uh, also very much uh, aiming at this uh, image of inclusion and uh, building up its already uh, preponderant support in minority communities. But one of the techniques they used for doing that last night is just at random points in the evening, just breaking into Spanish. So that if you weren't, uh, I don't know if you're fluent in Spanish, Senator Scott. I, I, I am not. Un poquito. That's all I have, though. <laughs> okay. Uh, but uh, Beto O'Rourke and Julian Castro and uh, your Senate colleague, Cory Booker, and one of the moderators, Jose Diaz-Balart, they all started palavering or speaking in Espanol. And I, I assume that with your Empower America project, that's not going to be the way you're going to try to attract more Latino support for the Republican Party and the conservative cause. Uh, that, that, that would be a safe bet, certainly <laughs> safe bet that we will not try to attract folks by speaking Spanish, number one. But number two, more importantly, we actually believe that America is not only the ideal for the, for the world to follow, in so many ways, but the but the concept of what it means to be an American is one that is reinforced by a common value system, a common perspective and approach towards goals and objectives. We want the ethos of what it means to be an American to be felt and reflected in all communities, and we believe that it is oftentimes already there. What we're going to do is excavate the candidate that already understands that we're not trying to change America to make it great again. We're trying to reinforce the important values that have always made us the most amazing country on earth. That's that's so well said and so important. Part of of that is that... um, I think you're backing uh, John James, who is uh, challenging Senator Gary Peters in Michigan. John James, an African-American candidate who came close to victory last time, uh, a military hero, an officer in our armed services, and an outstanding candidate, right? Very good candidate who only lost by six or seven points. He is uh, one of the very bright rising stars within the party's construct that not only will run a competitive race, but has a shot at winning that race. I believe we have folks from uh, attorney general uh, candidate running in Kentucky to candidates running in, in Texas. Uh, So our vetting process has begun and we are looking forward to announcing some of the candidates that we will be supportive of, but you have a pretty clear understanding that we want people who've already embraced the American ideal who have lived the American dream uh, and who are willing to make sacrifices on behalf of the country as it is because it's already the best in the world. Uh, a- amen to that. In in terms of the the principles that you're running on, I know that one of the issues that Empower um, America Project is going to be stressing is more choice in education, uh, enabling parents, whether they're Latino or black or anything, 
to escape failing schools without having to make these enormous financial sacrifices. Uh, if you can talk about that and the importance of that in terms of building this broader coalition behind conservative change. One of the key philosophies of Empower America Project is the important reality that a quality education is a prerequisite for achieving the American dream by and large. So having a quality school in every single district, in every single zip code, is an absolutely necessary component to success. If we are to achieve our greatest objectives as a nation, if we are to see people experience the highest level of human flourishing, we will have to focus our attention on creating high-quality education by the zip code. And that's why we think it's a necessity that our candidates recognizes that key component of success and significance and that they are supportive of that. Now, I'm a guy like you are, I'm sure, Michael, that I don't think that Washington, D.C. should be mandating educational uh, decisions in South Carolina or in Wyoming or, or West Virginia. I do want to give the states as much power as possible with the caveat being quality education in every zip code. They can figure out how to do it. But I want elected officials who understand that important role of emphasizing education and also can delineate, depending on the office they hold, that the federal government should not be making the decisions on education, but the states should be. This is so crucially important. I, I know we only have a few minutes left, and last night in the debate, I think some of the most effective moments for a number of the candidates is when they told a little bit about themselves. Now, you're the Republican senator from South Carolina, and you come from one of those old, well-established, super wealthy, blue-blood families, right, in South Carolina, part of the power elite was your family? You're fairly close. It's kind of like uh, some people grew up with a silver spoon. I grew up with a plastic spoon. Some <laughs> grew up with a lot of wealth. I grew up in a single-parent household. Some folks had dual-family, college-educated parents. I had a single mom who finished high school, and but she gave me the dignity in work, that there's dignity in all work. So there were some things that you said I assume were true, like my mom worked hard work. And uh, that we started off with a spoon, plastic. It was close enough, though. Uh, and uh, what what made the difference for you in terms of embracing the American dream? Because I've heard this story before from you, Senator Scott. Yeah. But I think it's so important and it's so close to the very heart and soul of the Empower America project. It really is part and parcel. For me, my success uh, and significance in life was really hardwired and designed by a mother who believed in prayer, hard work, and discipline. And when I found myself off the beaten path that she thought I should have been on, she uh, encouraged me with discipline and, and, and love to stay on that path. And as a sophomore in high school, I met a small business owner, a Chick-fil-A operator, a guy named John Moniz, who started teaching me that in America, no matter where you're from, no matter what you look like, Success is right around the corner if you're willing to take responsibility for yourself and work your butt off. He said that that combination would pay off. And he also taught me the most important lesson is that wherever you are in life, blame yourself. If it's good, take the credit. If it's bad, take the blame and fix it. 
because in America, the land of redemption, you can fix it and start again. That combination led to my success. So the way I look at it is I am living my mama's American dream, and I am not a man on an island. I did not do this by myself. I did this with the great support of people who taught me how to think on my feet, how to work hard and have the conviction that that hard work would pay off in the future. And uh, that hard work has paid off for Senator Tim Scott, who is one of the most respected members of the United States Senate, a Republican from South Carolina. The Empower America Project, which is just being launched, is a, a serious attempt to broaden the base for conservative reform. In the last moments available to us, other than changes in education, other than a general pro-business, pro-free market emphasis at a time when the left is going more and more in a socialist direction, is there a, a direction that Empower America Project is taking in terms of foreign policy, America's role in the world? We, have not, we do not have a position on foreign policy. At this point, we may, it may evolve, but what we've done is we've decided to specifically focus our candidates on the importance of the domestic agenda that seems to be sorely missing in some of the most vulnerable communities in our nation economically. And by focusing on the contrast between the left and the right, we believe that folks who are already conservative in their philosophy will join ranks with folks who are conservative in their identity. And that combination will lead more the members of the diverse communities that is America uh, into associating with and relying on the Republican Party and conservative principles to usher in a new day of opportunity around this country. The Empower America Project, we've posted information about it at our website at michaelmedved.com. I wish you Godspeed, Senator. Come back soon, and I want to hear about your progress, because there's no more important political initiative going on in the country right now. We will be right back talking about why things like the Empower America Project are so much needed. And the why is because the Democratic parties shift way over to the left. Exemplified last night. We'll get to that coming up on The Medved Show.